0: One of the great things about uh, that I'm really looking forward to about this uh, time together with this emphasis on the Lord is my shepherd on, uh, oh, I got to adjust my mic. How's this, Scott? Is that good? Okay. If I need to switch to this, just let me know. Awesome. So one of the things I'm, I'm looking forward to is the the opportunity here to, spend maybe a little bit more time than we normally would on shorter uh, passages of Scripture, right? So lots of times I feel like, man, we just have so much to get through. But t- for instance, today, what's awesome is that we can spend our whole time on five words. Who's excited? <laughs> oh my gosh. So I'm, a- I'm excited. So we're going to focus on five simple words today. Five simple words from Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. What a simple, short phrase. And it can bring so much comfort and clarity when things are hard and difficult to understand, right? As soon as you say it or hear it, you probably begin to remember the whole rest of the psalm. Even if you're not a Christian, you probably know this passage of Scripture. You've probably heard it before. So I think it's really reasonable to think that this, Psalm 23, is the most well-known passage in the whole Bible. And really, the, the gist of what it's meant to communicate to us isn't hard to understand. But here's the thing we can still forget it. We can still forget that the Lord is our shepherd. We can still doubt it. And sometimes we can miss just how how profoundly true this poem is and how the truths that it reveals facilitate this work of renewal by God the Holy Spirit in our hearts. So let's start, again, what a blessing. Let's start and just take the first two of the five words that we're thinking about here. The Lord. Of course, for those of us that are, are used to this really conventional form of address, right? We know it's usually directed when we say the Lord. It's, it's going to be directed at uh, a ruler or royalty, and we're probably just going to take it for granted in our world as we read this psalm that is talking about God, just because we know the context. But you know, what's really interesting to me is in the original Hebrew language. It doesn't say the Lord. It says Yahweh is my shepherd. Doesn't say the Lord is my shepherd. It says Yahweh is my shepherd. See, Yahweh is God's personal name. It's like my name is Nathan. God's name. Is Yahweh it's not a title it's a personal name so it's still God's name though so it's very holy and <laughs> over time this tradition grew up to replace the holy name of God uh, with the Hebrew word for Lord when reading aloud so they would kind of write that in the, the manuscript Okay, So that when you were reading it aloud, um, you, you wouldn't misuse the name, the holy name of God on accident. Uh, you would just say, uh, for the most part, the Lord. So you kind of sub that in. That happened uh, over time in the, the tradition of, of copying the biblical manuscripts. And our English Bibles carry on that tradition by translating Yahweh as Lord with all caps. So if you have an English Bible and you open it to Psalm 23, you're going to see the word Lord in all caps. And whenever you see that in the Bible, and I think it's you know, thousands of times, it's going, to, it's going to actually be Yahweh in the original languages. So it's kind of a bummer that we miss that in English. Because if you were reading it in Hebrew, you would have that and then you would just say the Lord, but you would still be seeing the divine name. But in English, we totally miss it sometimes if we don't look at that footnote. There's usually a little footnote and you can go to the bottom and see. But the bummer is, since most of us are not footnote people, um, we're gonna miss the tone of the psalm because it's not just this relatively kind of distant Lord that the psalmist is speaking to, but a divine person, God himself that he is bold to call by name. Yahweh is my shepherd. And what a name. Let me tell you what Yahweh, what we think Yahweh means. It, it sounds a lot like I am. And so you see this translation in, um, in uh, uh, Exodus when Moses goes to the burning bush Some of you will be familiar with this story. There's a prophet named Moses. He goes, he sees this bush burning. It's on fire, but it's not being consumed. And God speaks to him from the bush and says, I am. My name is I am. So what that means is, what it implies anyways, I think, is that God himself is the source of everything that is. That that he himself is the ultimate reality and that everything that exists apart from him depends on him. So when we start thinking about, you know, all the forces and energies and things that are behind everything that we see. Eventually you get to a stopping point and that stopping point of reality is God. He is the ultimate reality. So when the psalmist calls God by name, With this special name, with this special meaning, he's saying that this infinitely transcendent God is also intimately personal. The creator of the universe and and what some theologians call this idea of I am the ground of all being is also someone that isn't just the shepherd of the universe and kind of this only like, I, like God only thinks about the big picture of things, generally, although he is that. But the psalmist says, Yahweh is my shepherd. My shepherd. What about you and me? If, if you've been exposed to this psalm over the course of many years, even if just in pop culture, you are used to reading it as applying not just to the person that wrote this, but you're used to reading it as applying to each one of us as well. And that's totally reasonable. (laughs) That's totally appropriate because it's not just a random poem. Psalm 23 is included by the people of God in the hymn book of the people of God, which is the Psalms. And later, of course, the Psalms for the early church were the prayer book of the early church and continue to be the hymn book of the early church. And so we too can say not just Yahweh is a shepherd for some people or just the shepherd of the universe, although he's those things, but we can say Yahweh is my shepherd. And since every one of his people can say that, then together in this local body of believers, we can say, Yahweh is our shepherd. Okay, so let's talk about shepherds for a second. Can you believe it? We've already we've already made it through four words. We're we're on the last one now. Um, if you've been a- exposed. To, to, to the idea of, of, of shepherds, you might have, like, the nativity scene in mind, like, for Christmas, and it's it's very romanticized idea of, like, just these shepherds chilling out it's this beautiful starry night, and they have their nice crooks, and they're, you know, comfortable, and... And they're just, you know, uh, living life. Um, but it turns out that even though we have like this really romantic idea of shepherds that are, that are just, you know, walking in like New Zealand-esque, you know, Lord of the Rings landscapes with beautiful flocks of sheep and, and basking in the cuteness of newborn lambs and all that kind of stuff, it turns out that shepherding is actually really hard work. Turns out shepherding um, involves keeping this constant vigilance over the flock to protect them. Why do you think those shepherds were up at night? right? Like they had to be up a ton of the time, didn't always get a lot of sleep. They wanted to make sure that those sheep were were getting to where they were supposed to go without being attacked by predators in the night. Um, The shepherds had to endure everything that animals endure outside. So blistering days and freezing nights and, and maybe weeks without bathing. And so Being a shepherd could actually be, and still is, pretty miserable sometimes. And it was really, really hard work. And that's why the youngest of the family usually got saddled with the job. Like David, you know, we talk about David, uh, the king of Israel, shepherd boy, killed Goliath and all that. Uh, The reason why he was a shepherd is because he was the youngest one and nobody else wanted to do the job, right? So they're like, you go be the shepherd. So isn't it interesting that Yahweh wants to do that for us? Yahweh wants to be our shepherd. Because to be clear, if Yahweh is our shepherd, that makes us the sheep. <laughs> do you know what that means? It means that we're the ones that need constant supervision. It means we're the ones that are kind of hyper anxious. Sheep are very Flighty, scared creatures. That's us. We're the ones that are prone to kind of wandering off. We're the ones that are helpless against predators. And Yahweh is the one who comes to live with us, who comes to walk with us, to be with us, to do the thankless, difficult, and dirty work of getting us from point A to point B. And of course, Um, this aspect of God's character is driven home, not just here in the poetry of the Psalms, you'll see it here, you'll see it in Psalm 95, but in the prophecies of Isaiah too, chapter 40. And so for the people of the Hebrew scriptures, God was their shepherd even as they wandered. He promised that one day he would be their shepherd in an even more special way. And that's exactly what Yahweh did. Because, see, Yahweh, again, this infinitely transcendent and yet intimately personal God, came to his people and to all humanity in the person of Jesus Christ. And in fact, this is something that Jesus claimed for himself. It's remarkable. John 8 58, Jesus says to the Jews, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Do you see what he's getting at there? He is relating himself. He is giving himself the divine name. In Jesus, Yahweh came to his people to be with his people exactly where they are, just like a shepherd. And just like a shepherd, he came to guide us and direct us from where we are, to where we need to be. And only he could do it because only he is Yahweh. And so only Jesus is able to be the shepherd that we need. You know, I talked about how we're kind of like sheep. We have limited cognitive abilities. We don't know the whole story. We don't know where we're going. We don't know where the cliffs are, where the good paths are. We're skittish, we tend to wander into this dangerous and selfish and sinful territory. And we can't help ourselves. This is just how we're wired because of sin is now with with these uh, tendencies towards wandering, self-destruction, selfishness, all those things. And so we're kind of like, like, you know, like we're not the cute little lambs, you know, we're kind of like the worst sheep but that doesn't deter Jesus. It's incredible. And that's because he's not not a, a begrudging or a lazy shepherd. But He's a good shepherd. He said, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as my father knows me and I know the father and I lay my life down for the sheep. And that's exactly what he did when he died on that Roman cross 2,000 years ago. And in this mystery of redemption, he willingly took on the powers of evil that infect humanity and that that send us all, you know, scattering and wandering like sheep towards certain death. By laying down his life in this way, in this voluntary way, he took the power of death with him to the grave. And nevertheless, the power of his love and his forgiveness overcame death So that in the power of God, the Holy Spirit, he was raised back to life. And so now like the good shepherd that he is, he calls us, he guides us. And sometimes he even maybe, you know, pokes and prods us to follow him. So that even as we are are led through our own kind of cross, we have certain hope that our good shepherd, Jesus Christ, Yahweh in the flesh, is leading us into resurrection life forever with him. See, when we trust Jesus, the good shepherd, we can let go of having to have certainty about exactly where we're going because we can just follow him. We can trust that if we're following him, we're gonna be okay. If we're in his flock, we're gonna be cared for. Many of us, and and I count myself in this, by the way, Many of us have struggled a lot in this season of uncertainty. It's been a real, it's been a real trip, continues to be a, a, a real difficult time. It's very uncertain. And so what happens is, because we like to know what's going on, we become obsessed with trying to look ahead and find our way through. I don't know about you, but I went through a, 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 a check the numbers, the COVID numbers every single day phase. Maybe you're still in that face. But every single day looking at that, trying to figure out, trying to project out what's coming up, what's next. I don't know. And sometimes we've been so frantic kind of formulating our plans or we've been hyper-focused on our fears even that we've taken our eyes and ears off the shepherd and we've forgotten to, to look and listen for him. We do that in prayer, scripture, in Christian community, in service to others. And, you know, sometimes we've gotten so upset and so, um, so kind of fearful on some level of something that maybe we'll go to church and it'll be too different or, uh, or, 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 or maybe, um, I, I don't know what people are going to think of me because I have a different view of masks or whatever it is. You know, we get focused on that and we forget to look to Jesus together. And we get isolated then. We get isolated from the flock. And you know, in the Bible, an isolated sheep is a lost sheep, Right? When a sheep is far away from the rest of the flock, the sheep is lost. But here's the good news Jesus came to seek and find the lost. And so, even if you are feeling kind of isolated, we have this opportunity today, and this month especially, to reflect on and rest in the guidance of God. We can say as individuals and as a local church together, Yahweh, Jesus, they're one and the same, is my shepherd. And if I'm lost, he will find me. He will find us. He will show me, he will show us where to go. And so we can return to this posture of trust and faith in him. And we can recall that Jesus, as our shepherd kind of together, is gonna, is gonna guide us together, back together, even as we kind of move through these, these uh, difficult circumstances. And so brothers and sisters, I wanna encourage you that we can help one another in this. We can help one another by praying, by listening to each other. And the amazing thing is, is even though some of us, some of us still aren't, aren't ready to be with a lot of other people yet, I totally get that. The amazing thing is, we live in this era where we have these things. And I, I'm, I'm not saying it's, it's really easy, um, but we have these things called uh, phones, where you, can, where you can actually call one another and let one another know how you're doing. I'm not a phone guy, so I get it. That's not always the easiest thing to do, but but it's amazing that we have these opportunities today to to listen to one another, to listen to Jesus in one another, to help each other follow his voice as he's revealed himself to us in the scriptures, in this Psalm, in Psalm 23. And as we follow him, he is always, 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 always going to lead us to life so we can be confident and encouraged in that today. Amen.